Rise and shine, you Syracuse superfans. It's time to pour yourself a tall, delicious glass of orange fizz. Syracuse recruiting news, insider information, latest SU buzz. The Syracuse blogosphere comes to life on the Central New York airwaves. It's Fizz Radio. Boy, oh boy, it is another week of FizzCast with Jaron May and Matthew Bonaparte. Uh, Matt, how are we feeling this morning? Pretty good. Yeah, ready to go, ready to rock and roll. All right, well, let's. Uh, the whole point of this FizzCast this week is we're going to be talking and previewing Syracuse men's basketball's upcoming game against North Carolina. North Carolina, not too good this year, having a down year. Let's just get your first overall thoughts, and then we'll get into some details of this game. But just a blank overview of this game. What do you got, Matt? What are you looking for? Well, North Carolina has a really, really great rebounding core on this team. Ninth in the country in offensive rebounding, ninth in the country in total rebounding, first in those two categories among the ACC. That's something the Orange are going to struggle with in this game because you know they don't have the greatest presence down low. So rebounding is going to be something I look for in this game. Yeah, so Barama Sidibe definitely going to have a big impact, and we'll touch on that later. But let's first go a little overview of UNC, just 11-17 so far this season, one of their Worst years in recent history, maybe in their entire program. If you look back, they there have been very few years that they've been this bad. And the thing is, they started the year pretty pretty good. I mean, they started with five straight wins, um, and that was all thanks to Cole Anthony, who we'll touch on in a little bit. Uh, but five straight wins, a good win against Notre Dame, and then you have obviously the out of league games that are what you're supposed to win. But then Cole Anthony goes down with injury. After that, they just fall apart. They loot, They have lost just a boatload of games in the ACC, especially recently. Um, they most recently came off a win against North Carolina State, but before that they lost to Louisville, to Notre Dame, Virginia, Wake Forest, Duke, Florida State, Boston College even. So the list just continues to go on, and they're losing to really bad teams as well. I mean, you lose to Boston College, that's when you know that you're having a bad year. And Roy Williams has even said that this is probably his least talented roster that he's ever had at the helm of UNC. Yeah, he said that this is the least gifted group he's ever had. Mentioned he only has one McDonald's All-American when Cole's off the court. So... He's having a really bad year, and he also said that if he were the AD, he'd fire himself. Yeah, that was crazy. So, That's crazy. You know, when you don't have a coach with any confidence and your coach knows that he's not doing a good job and that this team doesn't have much potential for the year, I don't see how you're going to win many basketball games. Well, the thing is, Syracuse basketball kind of has that coach every single year. It, Roy Williams is low-key trying to impersonate Jim Beheim this season with the whole, we're really bad and I'm just going to blame it on the players. Well, I'd say that Beheim more likes to go for the press conference attack one player kind of thing. <laughs> Roy was just like, or two. this team sucks. Like, we're not good at basketball, which is a little bit different. Which is kind of tough. I mean, if you're a player and you hear that from your head coach... Uh, and you just hear, wow, we're not good, that has to stay in the back of your head throughout the entire season, and you're thinking, okay, coach has no faith in us, 
Why should I have any confidence going forward? It's something that you don't really like to see, although in a press conference recently, Williams did say, yeah, we're really bad, but we're never going to give up. And that's kind of the, at least the little difference. Dropped an F-bomb in that one, too. He did drop an F-bomb. He also dropped a freaking, um, and he he apologized. It's that southern... Everybody, everybody, everybody. Yeah, it's that that southern hospitality down there. He didn't want anything bad coming out and on the press. But that's the difference that I see between Bayheim and Williams, is that when Bayheim gets upset, he's kind of just depressed and uh, will blame the players, and that's about it. At least when Williams gets upset and he blames the players, he at least then goes back out and says, well, we're still not going to give up. We're going to continue to fight throughout this entire season. And, you know, what I found interesting about um, that quote was in a press conference after that radio show in which he said this was the least gifted group he ever had, he was asked about it and they said, the the, the reporter said, you know, coach, was this supposed to... Uh, Get your team going. He's trying to inspire them, or like what? And he he just said, the only reason I said that is because it's absolutely true. So <laughs> maybe he is trying to inspire them. Maybe he just thinks they suck, and he just called it how he sees it. But I don't know. All right. Well, now that's Roy Williams, um, the UNC head coach. You're listening to a Fizzcast with Jaron May and Matt Bonaparte. Matt, let's now dive into UNC. Other than their head coach, let's meet a couple of their big players. And let's start with the biggest name on their roster, Cole Anthony. He comes in as a top prospect, one of the best entire, one of the best prospects you'd probably say in recent history in college basketball. Obviously, you look at Zion Williams, um, Williamson, and yes, he was better. But Cole Anthony had a lot of hype coming into this season, has performed when he's been out on the court, but he lost two months of this entire season due to injury. What have you seen from him pre-injury and post-injury that could kind of give Syracuse a difficult time on Saturday? Well, you saw when he was playing earlier in the season, this was a ranked team, top 10 in the country. They were incredible when he was on the floor. And then he gets hurt, and you see the team is terrible, and they really can't function without him. So he was definitely the heart and soul of that squad. He comes back. They really put up a good fight against Duke, against some other teams, but they just can't pull any big wins out. So you've got to wonder, is Cole Anthony the only really good player on this squad? I mean, you've got other guys like Garrison Brooks, Brandon Robinson, Armando Baycott, mm-hmm. but Cole Anthony really is the, uh, the the go-to scorer on this team. He's the guy that you give the ball to in any kind of situation where you really, really need a bucket. So, you know, you got to wonder... Can this team succeed without Cole Anthony? Is he going to leave for the draft? Are they going to be terrible again next year? Those are the questions you start asking here late in the season. Anthony averaging 19 points per game, 6 rebounds, and 4 assists. A pretty solid stat line. And let's touch on that conversation you actually just brought up. Is he going to the draft? I think the answer is simply yes. I don't think that there's any type of conversation with that. Um, But where, in your mind, do you see him going in the draft? Is he a first pick, or is he maybe two through five, six through ten? Where do you uh, where do you see him lining up? I think he's definitely a lottery pick still. Um, You know, he he gives me that Kyrie Irving Duke vibe where he played like no games, but is still going to be the number one pick kind of thing. I don't think Cole's going to be the number one pick, but I definitely think he's going to be a lottery pick in a not so stacked draft class. Um, We've we've seen a lot of talent out of this guy. Some of his stats aren't. The greatest. He doesn't have great percentages from the floor, but he's still a really good player, and I think he'll definitely make an impact in the NBA, whether that be right out of college or a few years in. 
Um, I think he's definitely, definitely going to go to the draft and still be a lottery pick. Now, Anthony came back, and I completely agree. I think he's a lottery pick. I think he's a top five specifically. Um, but the thing is, when Cole Anthony came back from injury, so he came back at the beginning of the month of February. He's been back for a couple games, not too many, but in that time span, his team is still losing even with him back. But he's been really freaking good. Like, really good. So when you look at his numbers since coming back, he's averaging 19.8 points per game. So basically 20 points per game. And then if you look at the other top two scorers in the ACC with Elijah Hughes and Jordan Wara of Louisville, Hughes in that same time span of February is averaging 17 points per game. So not too far behind, but still, Anthony, a three-point difference. And then Jordan Wara is down to 14 points per game. So Cole Anthony, if he was in and healthy this entire season, would run away with ACC Player of the Year honors. He is something and someone that could really hurt the Syracuse defense, especially with the 2-3 zone allowing a lot of shooting on the outside. Anthony can do that. And then he's also very shifty, so if the ball moves quickly and Anthony continues to, or Anthony uses his speed, he can get in and out of that 2-3 zone, bob and weave, and finish on the inside. Yeah, he's a phenomenal player, and I think he's definitely going to dice up the the Syracuse 2-3 zone. But if you're really going to preview this game, you got to think, is he going to be the only guy that's going to be scoring for them? Like, who's going to be hitting threes on the outside? And for me, that's Brandon Robinson, the guy. He's a really great three-point shooter. Him and Garrison Brooks both love, love to shoot their threes. Uh, you know, I think they can both put up 20 points from from distance. And, you know, the zone is so uh, notorious for being poor against that three-point shot. You saw it against a few teams this year. And, you know, when they, they don't have that great defense that they've had in, in past years. They're, they're sub-100, and the last time they were sub-100 was the 16-17 season when they didn't make the tournament. So you got to wonder, is this UNC gonna, team going to put up more of a fight in this game than people think just based on the records that we're looking at here. All right, well, let's talk about that name that you just brought up, Brandon Robinson. He's one of very few seniors on this roster and a guy that's been with the program for four straight years. You don't see that too much at uh, at a team like UNC. It's more of a one-and-done, maybe two-and-done pushing three and done you really never see a player that actually goes all four years this is his first year where he's had a starting role um, and in 19 games he started 18 of them is averaging 30 minutes per game just under or yeah just under 12 points per game 11.9 we'll give him 12 points per game and then also has been like you said an outside shooter to a point um, he's averaging seven three-pointer attempts per game, but only making two of them. So shooting just about 33%. Um, someone that could, if he gets hot, could heat up um, and kind of hurt this Syracuse defense. But the thing is, that doesn't happen every single game. So yeah, it could be a problem. I don't see it happening too much against the Orange. Yeah, and you know, Brandon Robinson's an interesting story, as you mentioned. He's a senior. First year he started for this team and played, like, really significant minutes. You know, last year he played 12 minutes a game, which is, I'd say, a significant minute, you know. But 30 minutes a game, this is something he's not used to. He's got other guys on this squad, like Armando Baycott and Garrison Brooks, who aren't the biggest names that you probably hadn't heard before this season. 
But, you know, with Cole Anthony taking the spotlight, these guys had to fill in when he he went out and they had to try and pull this team out of the gutter that it went in. And they didn't do the greatest job, but mm-hmm. they still showed that they can ball. Mm-hmm. All right, well, let's move on to another name you just mentioned, Garrison Brooks, the junior forward, 6'9", 235, a pretty hefty guy. And he could use that strength on the inside against Brahma Sidibe, Marek Dolajai, whoever is down there in the lower part of the 2-3 zone for Syracuse. Brooks, not the tallest, but definitely a strong body down there. What do you see coming out of Brooks going into this UNC game for Syracuse? Well, he's nearly averaging a double-double. He's got 16 points, 8.5 rebounds a game. When you've got a guy like that who can go inside the paint and really make something happen— He's definitely going to be a, a big force against Syracuse where they don't have anybody down low like Marek Dolajai and Barama Sidibe. Those guys just can't really put up big numbers against him. All right. Well, Brooks, I, I check me if I'm wrong. I think he's averaging 16 points per game. That's what I have here. Oh, yeah, excuse me, 15.7. Yeah, so 15.7, so even better. I mean, I think out of the two big men on this UNC roster, Brooks will give Syracuse a little more trouble just because he's a bigger body, um, and Syracuse has had trouble with stronger guys, a.k.a. John Mooney, uh, Vernon Carey Jr., whoever you want to say, just go down the list. Um, And they've had guys, they've had trouble with guys that are just pure strength and that's exactly what Garrison Brooks is he's not going to kill you with the speed he's not going to kill you with the ball handling skills but he will kill you on the inside with post moves and just just bodying Barama Sidibe and his lanky lanky legs and arms Uh, but that's Brooks let's look at the other forward for UNC the freshman forward 6'10-232 so again a pretty comparable guy that, just like Garrison Brooks, is not the tallest, uh, just around the Brahma Sidibe height, but has more weight than Sidibe. Armando Baycott, the freshman, is averaging 10 points per game, 8 rebounds per game, um, and is a guy that can turn in a double-double whenever he really wants. Yeah, I mean, he's another big body down low, 8 rebounds, and he's also a rim protector. A block and a half per game is is one of the highest on in this UNC team. So yeah. you've got Armando Baycott and Garrison Brooks down low, so you know you've got rim protectors, but you have also know you've got great scorers on the inside on the offensive end. So, I mean, just looking at it on paper, these UNC bigs just outrank the, the Syracuse bigs that we're looking at and have looked at all season long. Mm-hmm. Now, Baycott and Brooks both in the top 10 for rebounds per game in the ACC. Baycott, though, and I would like to make sure that our listeners know this and preface this, all he does is do his work inside the paint. There's really never a play that he'll take a shot, or make a shot, rather, outside of the paint. So 85% of his made shots so far this year have come inside the paint, 5 feet away, 6 feet away, not too far from the basket. So you don't really need to worry about him when he's on the outside. And if they post him up or put him at the top of the, let's say, free throw line where right in the middle part in that soft spot of the 2-3 zone, you don't really have to worry about him a little farther out. But if he does take a step inside the paint, that's when he can kind of take this defense one-on-one, take Barama Sidibe one-on-one and bring him to the basket. Um, so that's Baycott and Brooks. 
And like you said at the top of the show, is they're a big reason why this UNC team is really good at rebounding. So one of the tops in the ACC and in the entire country, I mean, eighth in the entire country in rebound margin. But the thing is, it's not only their big guys that do it. Their guards also crash the boards. Yeah, I mean, they've got a squad in which you can rely on any five players to go down and get a board, whether it's on the offensive end or the defensive end. You've got Cole Anthony averaging six rebounds a game. Brandon Robinson's got three, so that's not too shabby either. When you've got a team that can all make a difference on the glass against a Syracuse team where almost no one can make a difference on the glass— that's going to be a huge, huge uh, thing to watch in this game because, you know, when you can take a shot, miss, and go out and get it back and you can just keep taking shots, that's how you win basketball games. Yeah, and that's how Syracuse has lost basketball games this year. Exactly. So regardless of how good these two teams are on paper, if Syracuse is going to be out-rebounded as much as they potentially can be in this game, like they were against FSU, where it was a 25 uh, rebound margin or something like that, that's going to be a huge, huge difference in this game. Now, the thing is, and here's a fun fact I found in a little statistic. Um, Four of the UNC guards rank in the top 50 in rebounds per game among ACC guards. So, yeah, like you said, they're big men and their guards can crash the glass. Rebounding rebounding will be a big part of the game, and I think that this is the game where the most pressure rides on Quincy Garrier. Because Brahma Sidibe, I can see fouling out in the first 20 minutes. Absolutely. With, with with Baycott and Brooks attacking him, he could foul out in the first 20 minutes. I know he's been a little better with that recently, but still, four or five fouls in the past 11 straight games for Barama Sidibe. So then you look at Marek Dolezal. He's going to do the same thing every single time. He'll grab you six to ten boards, and that's exactly what you expect. But then I think Quincy Garrier's role in Saturday's game against UNC will be the most important game of this entire year because he's going to have to step up and really show that he's matured and can grab some rebounds against some true big ACC men. Yeah, I mean, if you're looking towards next season in this game, you think maybe the Syracuse tournament hopes are are dwindling here and you want to see, okay, what can Quincy Garrier do in this game? Can we see him as a starter next year, maybe, at that four spot or even that five spot? I mean, we've seen Marek Dolezal play that five spot. So in this game, I don't think it's too outlandish to be looking at Quincy Garrier the whole time thinking, okay, he's he's holding his own against those bigs. He, he's grabbing a couple boards. He's putting up a couple shots because we've seen him do it against some bigger men this year, put up some offensive rebounds. So, yeah, you know, I, I think that's a pretty good uh, – pretty good assessment of what you're looking at in this game is Quincy Garrier. I mean, especially with Baycott as a freshman who could be back in the next couple years um, or the next couple seasons, that could be a matchup. Like you said, looking forward, it could be a Baycott-Garrier matchup for years to come down the line. Um, They could be seeing each other and running into each other a lot um, in the coming years. Now, 
Let's touch on a few more things and then wrap up here on FizzCast. I'm Jaron May. He's Matt Bonaparte. Um, and thank you guys so much for tuning in. Now, the thing with this Syracuse team, and let's shift. We've, we've previewed UNC enough. Let's shift over to Syracuse and what they need to do against UNC is they've been horrible in the past couple games with shooting on the outside. Shooting from beyond the arc has been atrocious. Instead, they've kind of looked to the inside and tried to get a lot of their points in the paint or inside the arc, whether it be jumpers, uh, movements, pull-ups, or going to the basket and trying to finish with a layup dunk, whatever it is. Do you want and do you think that Syracuse should continue to try to push it on the inside for for the UNC game and for the future, or should they start to try to rely on the three-point shooting like they did at the beginning of the season? Well, it worked for them at the beginning of the season. You had Buddy Beheim, Elijah Hughes, and even Joe Girard at times running on all cylinders. Those guys were shooting so, so well. In some games, you'd come out and they were shooting 45% from three, and those were that was during that time where they had that five-game win streak, and you really couldn't stop them from the outside. Then they start to falter, and they, they rely on driving the basketball towards the rim, and that hasn't been great for them. They lost a, a lot of games recently. Pitt, obviously, a W, but other than that, I think that they need to rely more on that three-point shot because if you can get it going for this team, they're absolutely unstoppable and they can beat absolutely anybody. If you mm-hmm. get Buddy Beheim open, at some point this season he was unstoppable. Elijah Hughes the same way. So if you can get back to that point, you can win out this season and make a run in the ACC tournament. Yeah, wow. Wow. That's exciting. Run in the ACC tournament. Did not think we were going to get there. Uh, But let me touch back on the threes, and then we'll get to the ACC tournament because that's a fun conversation to have. But the bad threes for Syracuse, yeah, I completely agree that they need to start shooting on the outside, especially when you look forward to the ACC tournament because once they get there, they're going to be facing a lot of great big men. Like, again, I'll bring up Vernon Carey and John Mooney. Those are the two big names in the ACC right now. And if Syracuse runs into Notre Dame or Duke or really any other team that has just a solid big man, they're going to have trouble on the inside if that's really what they want as their offensive game plan. So you need to be able to shoot. You need to be able to stretch the defense and especially because if you think if you're an opposing coach and you know all right all they're going to do is drive to the basket and try to finish on the inside that's an easy defensive scheme to draw up all you have to do is shrink in just help defense the entire time and make sure you shut down the paint if you add the layer of being able to shoot the three point shot that stretches out the defense gives you a more open lane to be able to drive down. Um, so yeah, the the three-point shooting will be extremely important for Syracuse uh, against UNC and down the stretch. Now quickly before we go, we'll touch on ACC tournament and then I want to get your prediction against UNC. But you just said that they could make a run in the ACC tournament. Do you actually believe that? And I want your backing for this argument. No, I don't think they can. I think if they shoot threes, they can. Okay. I don't right. think they will. I think maybe they win one game. Probably not. But if they do, they they lose a second. Okay. Um, and, I mean, I just don't see them going very far as 
considering their play as of late. Obviously, they played well in that pit game. You saw Barama Sadibe turn into uh, uh, Jesus. But <laughs> um, as Jim Beheim said in the press conference, he should just go to pit because this is only, only that's the only place he plays like that. Right. Um, but I don't think they make a very long run in the ACC tournament. Only one game, not two. Okay. All right. Well, I'm glad we clarified that because I was a little shocked by that take. <laughs> um, all right. Well, let's wrap up here on FizzCast with our predictions. Syracuse and UNC coming up on Saturday at 4 o'clock. Matt, I'll let you take the floor. Your prediction for this game. I want a winner and a score. I'm going to say North Carolina takes this one. Wow. Um, Just because of their sheer size and their ability to score because they have a superstar on their team, unlike Syracuse. You know, you got Elijah Hughes, but he's not Cole Anthony. Um... I'm going to say that this game is going to be around maybe 71 to 62 UNC. 71 to 62. Okay. Well, I got Syracuse. I'm going to disagree. I got Syracuse 75 to 70. And I think this is the time of year where Syracuse goes on a little winning streak, uh, ends on a winning streak. And it's kind of the time where they do that just to mess with the fans, leave the fans wanting more. Um, and just put them on the outside of the bubble conversation. I don't think they're on the bubble. I don't think they're the first four in or the first four out. But if they win out, that puts you close to the 20-win margin or 20-win mark. Um, and that's where you at least are talked about on on Selection Sunday, which Joe Lenardi said a few days ago that either way, whatever happens, he will be talking about Syracuse at some point on Selection Sunday. Here's the other thing I want everybody to think about that's listening to this. It's senior night. Cole Anthony's got to wait through a Sean Belby senior night <laughs> situ- uh, Only celebration. Sean Only Sean Belby. If you think that he's not going to go onto the floor after that and drop 60 points, I don't know who you are. Because you think Why, Cole he's going to be mad? He's going to be like, oh my gosh, Sean Belby, who is this guy? <laughs> and then he's going to be like, all right, I'm pissed now. Sean Belby is the savior of the Syracuse team. Yeah, maybe. Maybe yeah. he comes in. Maybe he pulls a Braden Bayer from a couple years ago. Here's a here's a fun question. Does he start? Does Bayham start him? No. But no. <laughs> he maybe plays a minute. <laughs> all right. He gets a minute in, in his senior night. All right, well, hey, that's going to do it for this FizzCast. Thank you so much for tuning in. He is Matt Bonaparte. I am Jaron May. We'll be back every single Friday for FizzCast, so make sure you tune in and make sure you read all of our articles out on the Orange Fizz. But for now, this has been a FizzCast. We'll see you next week.